DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents the Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide to a Greater Discernment of Spirits, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He is featured on several series found on the Eternal Word television network. He's also the author of numerous books on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the Venerable Bruno Lanteri, as well as other works focused on aspects of the spiritual life, including Spiritual Consolation, the book on which this series is based. The Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide to a Greater Discernment of Spirits, with Father Timothy Gallagher. So welcome back, and let's pick up with what we were doing last time in looking at Rule 5 which, as I said, is pretty central in this set of eight rules. So in Rule 5, Ignatius invites us to give not only attention, but much attention. So this will be, for example, Kathy in the first place as she discerns about the inner city school, but it will also be her spiritual director, Father Mark, uh, who will help her to do this. We should give much attention and to what? Much attention to the course of the thoughts, which are the good and holy thoughts that either the good spirit or the enemy has given together with a consolation with preceding cause. Now, as we do that, and this is the real um, gift of Rule 5, as we do that, what Ignatius does is to lay out for us a set of signs by which, if we are giving much attention as these thoughts unfold, Think of Kathy in her first meeting with Father Mark, her second, third, as these months go by. Uh, as we give much attention to the course or the unfolding of this set of thoughts about a specific initiative, there are various signs to which, if we are attentive to them, will help us, will show us actually quite clearly whether these thoughts originated from the good spirit or from the enemy. And I've advisedly put an exclamation point there. These are extremely valuable. They're the greatest help we have actually in most of the occasions when we're going to be discerning according to the second set of rules. The signs of the good spirit. And Ignatius very simply says that if the beginning, the middle, and the end of the course of the good and holy thoughts is all good and inclined to all good, then it's a sign of the good spirit. There's no diminishment of any kind. And Ignatius uh, will um, explicitate this a little bit more. So, if the beginning, middle, and end, the entirety of the whole process, uh, let's say that Kathy and Mark meet together over a course of seven months, we'll say, uh, meeting monthly as uh, Kathy discerns this. If Throughout those months, the course of the good and holy thoughts remains all good. There's no diminishment. That is, there's no lessening in the good that Kathy hopes to do in service and love of the Lord. And also, everything as the course of the thoughts unfolds remains inclined to all good. So this is a more subjective, interior, heart level, or affective criterion. If we see no diminishment, in Kathy's communion with the Lord, her inner peace, her love for the Lord, her dedication. If there is no diminishment, either objective or subjective, as the thoughts unfold, then it is a sign of the good spirit. 
Remember how we've said from the beginning, it's the later on that uh, gives us the key, the interpretive key in the, um, the second set of rules. So that during the weeks or months of discernment, this is before Kathy uh, makes any uh, external active decision. Let's say she approaches the principal of her suburban school or the principal of the inner city school discussing a change. Before any of that happens, when she is wisely in a time of discernment about something very important, we ask, do the person's thoughts, so this is the more objective side of things, do the person's thoughts about serving God remain all good without any diminishment? And during those same weeks or months, do the person's peace and energy to love and serve God remain inclined to all good without any diminishment. We don't see any pulling back on herself. Now, this is all going to be in very small ways because this is a person who really loves the Lord. And that's why Ignatius is going to say, give much attention to the uh, unfolding of the thoughts, the course of the thoughts, as he calls it. So is there no objective diminishment or subjective, that is heart-level diminishment, then it is a sign that this course of good and holy thoughts as they've unfolded were from the beginning and are of the good spirit, and that consolation with preceding cause and the thoughts that arose from it are of God and should be followed. In this case, if there is no such diminishment over those months, then Kathy knows and Father Mark will confirm for her that the, the Lord really is indeed through that consolation and the awakening of this thought calling her to a new step, and that is to work in the inner city school. On the other hand, if there is diminishment, whether objective or subjective, with respect to the person's situation, objectively and subjectively, before the course of the good and holy thoughts began, then it is a sign of the bad spirit. So that's, the, that's what we're looking for. To, if there's no diminishment, then it's God, uh, because God obviously is a God of totality, um, of all love. There'll never be any diminishment in something that is genuinely from God. But if this course of thoughts is, in fact, of the, of the bad spirit, of the enemy giving consolation with preceding cause, then what we're going to see as time unfolds is a diminishment, whether objectively or subjectively, and that will be a sign of the bad spirit. Again, to quote what Pope Francis says, well, Bishop Bergoglio, that the discernment takes place not, by, not through, through light, but through looking at time. So in this case, during the weeks or months, let's say Kathy spends uh, seven months in this process, Patricia, maybe five weeks uh, working with her spiritual director regarding the refugees, Charles with the young and so forth. If during that time, we ask, okay, is there in that, in that process of discernment a diminishment in the person's thoughts about serving God? So let's say, for example, um, that we start to find Kathy beginning, and she's not even aware of uh, the, the, just the slight diminishment here. She may say at a certain point to Father Mark, you know, we, we're going to be facing a major capital campaign next year in the suburban school. And we're going to have to teach in, um, in, in a restricted area during about two years of building. We're going to have to be part of the fundraising and so on. It actually would be kind of nice to think I wouldn't have to um, be a part of that expenditure of energy. Or she might say something like, um, 
if I do uh, transfer to the inner city school, the commute will get easier and so on. We might be seeing some signs of an objective diminishment. There's a little lessening of the person's generosity in serving God. Um, And Father Mark will help Kathy to pick these things up. And likewise, what Kathy will be asked to pay much attention to with Father Mark's help, is there a diminishment in her peace and energy to love and serve the Lord in the seven months of this process of discernment? Does Father Mark begin to note that Kathy speaks of maybe a little less patience in working with the students in the suburban school where she's teaching or a little less willingness to listen to complaints from parents and, and, and so forth, or to put up with some, um, some difficulty, external difficulties in classroom settings or um, various aspects of, of the school. So if he notices on the affective level such uh, signs of a diminishment, these two are going to be important. And so to conclude here, if either that is objective or subjective, or both kinds of diminishment are present, Ignatius says, then this is a clear sign of the enemy. Clear for someone like Kathy, who is prayerful and is reviewing her spiritual experience um, and help to do this as Father Mark teaches her how to review her prayer, how to pray her daily examine, uh, and also as she articulates this in her meetings with Father Mark, and clear in, in the sense that Father Mark, who is a wise and competent, well-prepared spiritual dire- director, will see these signs with clarity. All right, if that's the case, if there is either or both of objective or subjective diminishment during the time of discernment, then the consolation with preceding cause and the thoughts that arose from it are not of God and should not be followed. So that what Kathy, with Father Mark's help, is going to need to do during these months is to use Ignatius' own vocabulary, give much attention to the course of these thoughts, and as to whether there is no diminishment or there is such diminishment as these months go by. And then Ignatius gets even more specific. Six signs, three objective, three subjective, by which we can identify an end that is of the enemy. So if the end, let's say, um, hypothetically, Kathy comes in her seventh meeting with uh, Father Mark and says, you know, it really seems to me at this point that God really wants me to pursue the uh, inner city school. That's the next step to which he's calling me. All right. At that point, she has reached what Ignatius would call the end in the course of the thoughts. Uh, She has come to a conclusion. Now, if there are... If such if signs such as these accompany that end, it leads to something bad, Ignatius says, distractive or less good than the person had planned to do before. Or on the subjective level, if it weakens the soul as she goes through these months, disquiets the soul, troubles it, taking away the peace that the person had before this process of discernment began, so that there is objective diminishment, that is in terms of what the person plans to do, or subjective diminishment, that is in the person's spiritual energy. Both of these, by comparison with what the person was doing objectively and experiencing subjectively before the consolation with preceding cause and the new thought of the new initiative began. If we see either kind of diminishment, these are clear signs of the enemy. So let's look at each of these signs. 
Firstly, the three signs of an objective diminishment. And firstly, something bad, Ignatius says. Now, let's keep in mind that we're speaking of people in the second spiritual situation, Charles and Barbara and and so forth, Kathy, Patricia. These are people who really love the Lord and are very generous in serving the Lord. And only that's all they want. So that when Ignatius speaks of the end of the process of discerning, discernment turning, uh, uh, leading to something bad, we could understand bad firstly in a moral sense. That is, that if the person does not discern the enemy's good and holy thoughts and pursues them to the fulfillment of what Ignatius calls his perverse intentions, they could lead to something that is morally bad. That's not going to happen quickly or lightly or easily with such persons. But if there is no discernment, and if the person uncritically and undiscerningly pursues these, what are genuinely good and holy thoughts, but are not of God, and if pursued will lead the person away from what God wants, it could eventually lead to something that would be bad in a moral sense. More likely, however, what Ignatius has in mind here is that it will lead to something bad for this person who with very good will and only out of love for the Lord will pursue something that is uh, what the Ignatius calls the uh, hidden deceits of the enemy disguised as an angel of light. So that Charles, for example, with good will and undiscerningly believing, presuming in each case that this is the enemy uh, at work, so I'm just going to presume that right now in each, each of these examples for the sake of clarifying what Ignatius is saying in Rule 5. Let's presume that it really is of the enemy, the consolation and the thought of serving the young, and there are apparent reasons and subtleties and so forth at work in this. Charles may well find that what will happen is he really doesn't have the qualities that a person really needs, or at least doesn't have them in the same way that he has the qualities to serve the parish with liturgy and finance. And he may begin this work, find out that uh, it just really isn't going as well as he'd hoped, and finding, wind up finding himself discouraged. In that sense, this end of this course of thoughts was bad for Charles. It was not a good thing for him. And if pursued, could wind up weakening his energy more broadly for, it, for what is a very fruitful service in the parish. And Barbara, as she pursues uh, further and further steps in the simplification of her life, out of a love for the simplicity and poverty of Christ's life, may find that she is gradually getting worn. And this is leading to something that's um, siphoning away the rich spiritual energy with which she was pursuing the Lord in her life of prayer and her involvement at work and in the parish. So this would be something bad for Barbara. And then Kathy, as she pursues the thought of the inner city school, perhaps um, may find that it's just difficult for her to adapt to a multicultural school and uh, that her knowledge of Spanish is less than she thought, and she struggles to communicate and finds that her teaching is now less effective and uh, touching the lives of fewer students. It has led to something in Ignatius' sense that is bad for Kathy. So the objective diminishment may be that it leads to something, the end leads to something bad, or Ignatius says something distractive. That is, that pulls the per- it's a good thing, but it pulls the person away from the good thing that God genuinely wants the person to do, and therefore leads to harm objectively for the people affected and eventually also for the person. Distractive. So uh, that is, this, this, this is, the end is not something bad, 
But for this person is a distraction from what God truly wants for this person, for him or for her. Remember that when Ignatius is trying to learn Latin, the memorization involved as a, as a, young, as a student in his early 30s with these young boys, and the spiritual consolations and the good and holy thoughts that are poured out abundantly upon him in the time dedicated to memorizing conjugations and declensions and so forth, it's precisely this quality of the fact that these consolations and associated thoughts distract him from what he knows the Lord wants of him. He needs to learn Latin if he is, in fact, to pursue the calling to priesthood, which he has discerned at this point. It's that distractive quality of these uh, consolations and good and holy thoughts that leads Ignatius to discern that these are not of the good spirit. We'll return to The Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to The Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher. Charles, if he begins to pour himself out in youth ministry, and perhaps with some fruit as he does that, 
is going to have less time and less energy for his involvement in the liturgical life and the financial well-being of the parish. And that double involvement is revitalizing the parish in a beautiful way and blessing the lives of many people. In this case, then, the enemy has led Charles to something distractive from the place where he will be most fruitful in service of the Lord. And again, no cause for anxiety here, uh, no shame in experiencing these kinds of temptations. The whole point of these rules is that there is a path to freedom from these temptations under the appearance of good that the enemy may bring people who love the Lord like this. And uh, as he dedicates himself less to the liturgy and the finance, you may find a decline in the growth and new energy that's been uh, developing in the parish. So Charles has embraced something that is distractive with goodwill, but in this case, undiscerningly, um, has embraced something that is distractive from what, of, with respect to what the Lord really wants him to be doing. And Barbara, as she pursues the uh, simplification of her life and ever new steps perhaps finds herself pulled away from uh, the focus on her vocational discernment, which is very central right now in her life, and maybe also pulled away from, just in some measure, her present fruitful service in her parish. In this case, if the thoughts of the simplification of her life in this sense are genuinely of the enemy, then they are distractive from where God truly wants Barbara to be. And Kathy, if Kathy leaves the suburban parish uh, school and uh, moves to the inner city school, the growth that has taken place over the recent five years in this school, which was on the verge of being shut down because of internal divisions and finances and um, lessening enrollment and all the other factors involved, and how all of this has reversed, and in some real measure, because of Kathy's presence and all that she has brought to the school, all of that may begin to reverse. So Kathy may do some good work in the inner city school. But in this case, if this new thought of the inner city is in fact of the enemy, it will be distractive with respect to where God truly wants her to be and where she can accomplish the greatest good in the church. And then finally, so the objective diminishment may be that it's the end is something bad for the person or distractive with respect to where God truly wants the person, or it may be neither bad nor distractive, but simply less good than what the person had planned to do or was doing before this new thought and consolation came. So Misha spells this out, less good, and how do we know what's less good? We compare it with what the soul had proposed to do before this new thought with its associated consolation had arisen. So that's the point of comparison. We compare the before with where the person is now. Less good. So as I say, neither bad nor distractive, but just less good than what the person was doing or planned to do before. Think of St. John Vianney if he leaves his parish and goes to the monastery. That's neither a bad thing. Probably you could argue that it's, it's quite distractive from where the Lord wants him to be. Certainly, it's going to be less good for the church than the ministry in the parish, which is blessing literally hundreds of thousands of people um, year by year. Charles in youth ministry, he may accomplish some good here, but very likely, again, if this is of the enemy, it will be less helpful for the parish than his former ministry. And then Barbara, 
as she uh, strains her energies and takes increasing steps to simplify her life and imitate the poverty of Christ may find that she is less dedicated to her spiritual life, vocational discernment, service in the parish than she was before. And then Kathy, uh, who will do real good in the inner city school, may find that she is doing less good for the church than what she is doing so richly right now in the suburban school. All right, so these are the signs of objective um, diminishment. Ignatius then gives us the signs of subjective or affective or heart-level energy. So during the, again, during the weeks or months of discernment, Kathy during those seven months, Patricia during those five weeks, uh, just to put a time frame on it, we ask, is there a diminishment in the person's peace and energy to love and serve the Lord? As this process is undergoing, are we seeing a lessening of peace in the person's heart, a lessening of a sense of, of, of love of God and love of neighbor and energy and enthusiasm to love and serve in this way? If this kind of subjective diminishment is present, then Ignatius says it's a clear sign of the enemy. Clear again to Kathy, if she is paying much attention to what's going on, using the tools Father Mark helps her to use. And then obviously, Father Mark assisting her in being very attentive to such signs if they are present. Ignatius spells out the signs of a subjective diminishment in the process of discernment. If it weakens the soul, this process weakens the soul, disquiets the soul, or troubles the soul, then he says it is a clear sign of the enemy. As the course of the thoughts unfolds, the person is interiorly diminished in love and service of God. Let's look at these. So Ignatius says, if this process of discernment, as Charles reflects on and explores whether God is calling him to serve the the young in the parish or Barbara to simplify her life further, uh, Kathy to serve in the inner city school and so forth, the process may not lead to anything bad, distractive, or less good, but the process may tire and weaken and diminish the energies of the person, spiritually speaking. So if it weakens the soul, not something bad, distractive, but as the thoughts unfold, Kathy goes through these months, the person finds that in this case, she has less spiritual energy than she had before. Her enthusiasm for, let's say, working with the students, her love of prayer, all of that's in place, but there may be small signs of a little lessening or diminishing of this in one way or another. The strength of her commitment to prayer the service to the Lord is weakened. Prayer is just a little less alive and uh, filled with energy. And then he or she no longer has quite the same courage uh, and energy to serve. And again, these are not going to be a clamorous um, kinds of things. These are going to be, there'll be small signs of this in people who love the Lord. So that Charles in his youth ministry As these, let's say, months go by and he's exploring this question of whether God wants him to serve the young in the parish, he just finds himself getting tired of all of this and the doubts and the uncertainty. Uh, It weakens the soul, Ignatius says. If if this is truly of the good spirit, we're not going to see any of this kind of subjective diminishment. Uh, It's going to remain all good, Ignatius says, and inclined to all good. We may even see an increase 
in energy and enthusiasm and love in the person. But we will certainly, what we will not see. So as Charles goes through this and uh, as he speaks with his spiritual director, he notices, the director helps him to note that he's just getting, his energy is just weakening. Uh, spiritual energy is just weakening as all of this goes on. We're beginning to get a pretty clear sign of the enemy that this is not of God. And then Barbara, as she, uh, with energy, pursues these further steps, just finds that her energy is diminishing, uh, spiritually speaking. And Kathy, over the months that she dedicates to this process of discernment, as she pursues clarity, uh, like Charles, she's getting, it's just the uncertainty, the questions, she's just getting tired. Uh, there's a, a little bit of an edge of heaviness in her prayer, doesn't have quite the same sparkle in her eyes as she responds to their students when they bring struggles to her and so forth. If we see this kind of, of weakening, these are clear signs, Ignatius says, that the enemy is involved. So if the process of discernment weakens the soul and disquiets it or troubles it, which say both words say essentially the same thing, the soul loses the peace, Ignatius spells this out, taking away the peace, tranquility, and quiet which it had before. This is always the benchmark. We look at what the person has now with respect to what the person had before the consolation with preceding cause and the thought of the new initiative arose. And if we see a diminishment, whether objective or subjective, as is the case here, um, then it's a clear sign of the enemy that this was never of God. As uh, Kathy, for example, goes through this time, Father Mark just begins to notice that she's a little more troubled at times than she used to be doesn't seem to have quite the same serenity and peace that she used to have. A little bit of anxiety floating in and out of her prayer in a way that was not there before. These will be clear signs of the enemy, uh, of the subjective diminishment that Ignatius points out to us. So the same thing, as Patricia works with the refugees, as she explores discerning this, let's say over those five weeks, she finds some of these same things happening. She's just losing the peace that she used to have. If this is truly of the good spirit, we're not going to see that happen. And if we do, uh, Ignatius says it's a clear sign of the enemy at work. The same thing uh, if Charles, as he discerns working with the youth, finds that his peace has diminished. Barbara, as she continues to pursue the poverty of Jesus in this way. And Kathy, as she considers the inner city school, also finds that she just has less peace than she used to have these are clear signs of the enemy. So having been through these objective and subjective signs, and I think you can see now why I say this is so important. This is really a key piece in discerning in the second set of rules. Because if we have these signs of the good spirit, which is simply no diminishment, and then these signs, objective and subjective signs of the enemy in mind, as we give much attention to what happens as the course of the good and holy thoughts unfolds, then we're going to be led to clarity. <clears throat> so in summary, what is the sign of the good spirit? That the whole course of the thoughts, beginning, middle, and end, is all good, objectively speaking, and inclined, affectively, heart level to all good. There is no diminishment of any kind. There is no diminishment whether objective or subjective, in the course of the thoughts, it is, Ignatius says, a clear sign of the good spirit. And the signs of the enemy will be these. Objectively, the end is bad, destructive, or less good. 
and or subjectively the person is weakened, disquieted, and troubled, weakened as a weakening and a loss of peace. When those signs are present, so that, to summarize this, if the course of the thoughts leads to a proposal that is less good in some way than what the person had in place before or was planning to do before, or brings the person to a more troubled, spiritually, a spiritually more troubled affective state than the person had before, these are clear signs of the enemy. So again, Ignatius counsel, give much attention to the course of the thoughts with these signs in mind. Father Gallagher will continue the teachings from Conference Talk 5 in our next episode. You've been listening to The Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian guide to a greater discernment of spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download the podcast version of this conference, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. To view Father Gallagher's video presentation of this conference, visit discerninghearts.com or the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for The Second Week Rules for the Discernment of Spirits, an Ignatian Guide to a Greater Discernment of Spirits with Father Timothy Gallagher.